Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation Inspiration Podcast. I'm your host, Dahi D, and today's guest is Jim Rohn talking about self-worth. I chose this episode because self-worth is one of the most fundamental things for success. Not only do you need to see yourself having something, but you need to get the skills, knowledge, and wisdom to be valuable enough to achieve it. Self-worth is also important because if we don't feel good about our lives, we won't keep our head on a swivel looking for better opportunities. And lastly, your work ethic will influence your self-worth because every time you do less than you possibly can, it'll decrease your self-worth. And Jim Rohn points out, if we have an unconscious mindset of doing a little less each day, we end up becoming a little less. And if you want to achieve your goals, you need to focus on doing a little more each day, just enough so you're a better person than you were yesterday. Well, that's it for me today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What could you do if you had all the skills, took the classes, read the books, burned the midnight oil? What could you do? What true value could you develop? This is one of the better exercises. What could I become? What could I really do in the marketplace? In enterprise, home, family, experience, love, friendship, marriage. How valuable could I become? Am I valuable enough to work on what's not working so I can reach my full capacity? If I'm operating at 20%, what could I possibly do with the other 80%? Once you start understanding how valuable you are, it's a whole new experience. Understanding self-worth, it plays a major role in our ability to be self-enterprising. Our self-worth makes the difference between being lazy and being active. Being self-enterprising. If we don't feel good about ourselves, we won't feel good about our lives. And if we don't feel good about our lives, we won't be very interested in looking for opportunities. Enterprise is always better than ease. Every time we choose to do less than we possibly can, it affects our self-confidence, our self-worth. If we keep doing a little less every day, a little less, a little less, every day that we keep doing a little less, we are also being a little less. Can you imagine what you'd end up being after 10 years of doing a little less every day? It's devastating. Think about it. Doing less could ruin your life. Now, you can reverse the process of doing a little less, doing a little less. You can reverse this process by using your self-direction, your self-reliance, your self-discipline. You alter the course by doing a little more each day. A little more, a little more, a little more. And pretty soon, you'll develop a new habit of doing rather than neglecting. And days and weeks and months of doing a little more will ultimately do what? It'll increase your confidence and your courage and your creativity and your self-worth. In the end, 
It's how we feel about ourselves that provides the greatest reward from activity and enterprise. It's not what we get or what we accumulate that makes us valuable. It's what we become that makes us valuable. Success isn't in the having. Success is in the doing. It's the process of doing that brings value. It's the activity that transforms our dreams into reality, that converts ideas into actuality. Let me tell you what I think most messes with the mind. I think that simply doing less than you can messes with the mind. It causes all kinds of psychic damage. I think being less than you can be, trying less than you could try, doing it with less enthusiasm than you could do it, messes with the mind. It somehow damages the mind. It damages our self-image. Because here's what I've discovered happens. The minute you turn this around and start extending yourself, you'll see immediate rewards. Maybe not monetary ones, not yet, but it's how you feel about yourself that's the greatest value. You see, it's not what we get that makes us valuable, it's what we become. Discover all you can do, see how much you can earn, how much you can share, how much you can start, how much you can finish, how far you can reach how far you can extend your influence. Some people out there would have us believe that positive affirmation is more important than activity. Instead of doing something constructive to change our lives, they would have us repeating slogans and canned affirmations like every day and in every way, I'm getting better and better. Well, getting better and better doesn't just happen from wishful thinking. Getting better and better only happens with the discipline of doing better and better. Discipline is the requirement for progress, and affirmations without discipline are in reality delusions. Now, don't get me wrong here. There's nothing wrong with affirming the good life as long as we are disciplined enough to take action. Affirmations can be effective as long as we remember two very important rules. Number one... We should never allow affirmation to replace action, activity, enterprise. Feeling better is no substitute for doing better. And number two, whatever we choose to affirm must be the truth. If the truth happens to be that we're broke, the best affirmation would be to simply say, I'm broke. Wow, face it, accept it, be responsible for it, and change it. By admitting that you're broke, by saying it out loud, you'll probably be disgusted enough to start the thinking process on how to change it. Anyone saying I'm broke with conviction will most likely be driven from ease into action. Confronting harsh realities has an incredible effect. Confronting the truth and then applying the discipline to express the truth instead of disguising it inevitably leads to positive change. And reality is always the best beginning. You see, within reality lies the possibility to create our own personal miracle. Our own personal miracle. And the power of faith starts with reality. If we can bring ourselves to state the truth about a situation, then as the saying goes, the truth will set us free. Here's another old saying. 
Faith isn't faith unless it's all you're holding on to. If your life and circumstances have resulted in a situation that is ugly, call it ugly. If you've lost it all, admit that you've lost it all. Be responsible to it. And if faith is all you've got left, use it. Create your own personal miracle. Once we understand and accept the truth, the promise of the future is freed from the shackles of deception. Once we accept the truth, the promise of the future will pull us. Also, one more thought on discipline. Here's the greatest value of discipline. Self-worth. Self-esteem. People are teaching self-esteem these days, but they don't connect it to discipline. The least lack of discipline, and it starts to erode our psyche. One of the greatest temptations is to just ease up a little bit. Right? The... The, the slightest lack of doing your best starts to erode the psyche. Instead of doing your best, doing just a little less than your best. Sure enough. You say, well, it's just going to affect my sales. No, it's going to affect your consciousness. It's going to affect your philosophy. Now you've begun in the slightest way to affect your own philosophy. Here's the problem with the least neglect. Neglect starts as an infection. And if you don't take care of it, it becomes a disease. And one neglect leads to another. And the worst of all, when neglect starts, it diminishes our self-worth, our self-confidence, our self-value. You say, well, how can I get back my self-respect? I'm telling you, you don't have to go to 29 classes. All you have to do is start the smallest discipline that now corresponds to your own philosophy, like I should, and I could, and I will. No longer will I let neglect stack up on me so that I will have the sorry scenario six years from now giving some excuse instead of celebrating my progress. That's the key to discipline. Okay? Let's get kids involved in the least of disciplines. One more, and then one more, and then another one, and then another one, and then some more. And the first thing you know, you're starting to weave the tapestry of a disciplined life into which you can pour more wisdom and more attitude and more strong feeling, more faith and more courage. Now you've got something, a vessel in which to put it. And now the equities start to flow. And the early return, I'm telling you, if you'll start this process, the early return will have you so excited. You'll commit yourself to this strategy for the rest of your life. You'll never go back to the old ways. Join a new crowd. Join a new group. The disciplines to do it. Take action. Your self-esteem is defined as how much you like yourself how much you respect yourself, how much you value yourself in your interactions with other people. And the more you like yourself and value yourself, the more you like and value other people. And the more you like and value other people, the more they value you right back. We also found out that self-esteem is like physical fitness. You can actually build your self-esteem consistently over time by doing and saying certain things. So the starting point of building your self-esteem is for you to have a clear sense of who you are and what you want. Let's say, what are your very best qualities? What are your very best skills and abilities? What are the things that you do or have done in the past that account for most of your success? When you think back on the things that you're good at and the things that you enjoy and the things that make you happy, 
you'll find that you like yourself and respect yourself even more. A second way to build your self-esteem is to set goals. Is to say, if I could achieve anything at all in life, what would I like to achieve in the weeks and months and years ahead? And write it down, write it down, write it down. Here's what psychologists have discovered. Setting big goals for yourself improves your self-image and raises your self-esteem. You actually like yourself and respect yourself more when you have big goals for your life. You have more self-confidence and you're happier about yourself. A third way to build your self-esteem is through self-discipline. We say that self-esteem leads to self-discipline and self-discipline increases your self-esteem. So that means setting priorities on your work. Saying to yourself, what is the most important thing I could do right now? And then disciplining yourself to do that. Now here's the key, and it's the great key to success. It's called task completion. Whenever you start and complete a task, your self-esteem goes up. You like and respect yourself more. You feel like a winner because completing a task is like crossing a finish line. It gives you a feeling of winning. So if you start and complete any task, your self-esteem goes up. If you start and complete your most important task, your self-esteem goes, it goes up very high and you feel sometimes exhilarated. Your brain releases endorphins, which are called nature's happy drug. They make you happy. And not only that, they motivate you to want to do more things and to do them better and to do them sooner as well. So those are some of the ways to raise your self-esteem and especially underline everything that you do by repeating the magic words, I like myself, I like myself, I like myself. Know who you are, set clear goals, work on the most important things that you can do to achieve those goals and discipline yourself to complete your tasks and your self-esteem will go up and up and up.